Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee, one of the managing editors at Anifem. Uh, you can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and that is a true statement now because I actually did go in and uh, make sure that they were all there. So you can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can also hang out with me on Twitter at Jose Next Door. And I am joined today by fellow Anifem staffers, Mercedes and Peter. Hi everyone, my name is Mercedes and I am, as Dee said, an anime feminist staff member. I am also a light novel editor, a freelance journalist, a tired 29-year-old, and you can find me on Twitter at PixelatedLenses where I'm doing a little bit of everything. And I'm uh, Peter Phobian. I'm a manager of social video at Crunchyroll, an editor at Anime Feminist. On Twitter, I'm at Peter Phobian. You guys have such exciting credentials compared to me where I'm like, I don't know, sometimes I write things. <laughs> so congratulations to both of you. Yay. Uh, and uh, today, the three of us are getting together to talk about the winter 2022 season at the midway point-ish. Uh, scheduling was a little awkward this time around, so we are recording this a bit early. Um, so if you notice we're talking about like up to episode five and something big and exciting happened in episode six, that's why we're, um, we're a week behind and some shows drop on Sundays. So we will do our very best and we'll obviously catch you up on, on any other dramatic points when we do the retrospective at the end of the season. So, um, it is kind of a busy season. It looks like the two of you are watching a fair bit. Was typically with these for folks at home who have never heard of them before. Um, we use kind of our preview, our premier digest, as a jumping-off point, and we start at kind of the bottom of that list of like stuff that maybe had a lot more things that a feminist-minded viewer might be concerned about, um, and then we sort of move up the list in terms of progressive themes and uh, general like feminist-minded concepts. So we're down here sort of near the bottom was there anything in the red flags category you guys wanted to talk about before we jump up and um dig into the upper shows because you're both you're both sort of watching them i can't like. believe you're not going to let me talk about police in a pod <laughs> oh shit sorry i missed that completely i didn't even realize you were still watching that one yeah no uh is there anything to add about police in a pod after that first episode <laughs> so okay here's the weird thing about this show is it's incredibly boring <laughs> it is incredibly boring and they like try to use comedy to make you like police officers <laughs> but like the one of the recent episodes covered groping and i do have something to say about it which is it oddly tried to play it straight ended up being homophobic <laughs> Oh, no. Which is, like, unexpected. I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was going to do that. Like, I expected it was going to try and play it straight and just be like, mm, don't get groped. In fact, though, it played it straight and was like, groping is bad. Mm -hmm. um, because it was, like, a CEO who did the gropage. He groped, like, a junior high school student. And he Jeez. also pressed the genitalia against her. Oh, my God. Okay. But it's so very, content like, warnings old. galore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, then they bring him in and they're, like, trying to, you know, get him to own up to the fact he did it. And so what they do is they, like, have one of the male officers, one of the male detectives, be the replacement for, like, the female student he assaulted and so he's like um show us on this guy where you groped him and like me and i on the background the other female officers are gagging and like it's very uncomfortable and he's like oh show us where you pressed your genitalia against him and like one of the officers like nearly throws up it's weird that's because i would have thought to just you know play it straight and be like groping is bad right like instead they, they were like let's make it homophobic and i was like you know what police in a pod um that is audacious i cannot applaud because it's horrible no that that but is like, that is about as bad as it could have gotten wow i mean yeah this anime is just like it's just gaslight girl keep gate boss all the way and i hate it oh wait i don't think that's how that phrase goes <laughs> i like that's I like good though it, yeah though. girl keep gate boss i love it it's just it's just like it just really wants you to like yeah. the police in japan and i just don't <laughs> I just don't as someone who lived there for four years i super don't um but like the groping one was a standout of like wow we've hit an all new low haven't we yeah um did not think we could go to the level of like police officers make homophobia a part of groping yeah and it sounds like they were playing it like for laughs almost like ha oh, ha yeah. ha you were supposed to be on the floor like raffle copter in 
all around the ground like this was supposed to be the funniest thing and i just sat about a sexual computer i sat in front of my computer and i was like what's funny (laughs) nothing yeah so could you could you explain the joke please explain it i'm curious what where's the humor here and i tortured myself by watching this scene twice and i was like i still i was like no i don't mm -mm, just not funny so police in a pod continues to be trash that's you you don't have to do this to yourself you can can just walk away just pack your bags and go morbid curiosity it's morbid curiosity because like the op slaps i'm not even gonna lie it's one of the (sighs) best ops this season yeah and then i remember i'm like oh it's cops Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's just not it's just not it's just not good it's just Mm -hmm. not good madhouse what are you doing it's just not good oh madhouse make better choices make another season of chihaya fudu Come on, yeah. house. Yeah. Cards, um, not cops. Yeah. Yes. Cards, not cops. Hashtag. Uh, that's what we should get yeah. started on the, on the so, socials. That's, that's really all there is to say about police in a pod. I, I think that's all the time we need to spend on it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Did we want, was there anything we wanted to add about a Kebby sailor uniform or love of kill that we didn't touch on in the three episode or the premiere review? Like anything new that we need to discuss or can we kind of move past those? Uh, I got something for a love of kill. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. it's that it's worse than we thought. Uh, no. Yeah. Rather than song, just yeah, I think in the uh, premiere episode, uh, it basically described how Son was pursuing Chateau, who did not seem interested or seem to have much of a personality at all. Yeah. Uh, which made for a very boring romance. But it appears that the primary conflict in the story is that Son, uh, at some point, betrayed the mob, like killed one of the bosses, and now is being hunted down by the mob. And now that he's pursuing Chateau uh, and the mob found out about it, they're trying to use her to get to him. So it seems like every episode has like kind of devolved into this pattern where uh, they like try to kidnap her so that they can use her as a hostage against him. Uh, and despite the fact that she's kind of portrayed as a, uh, I, I don't know, like a mercenary uh, hitman, I don't know, quite know. We, I don't think we've seen her kill anybody yet, so... Um, she is, uh, somebody working in a semi-legal profession with a gun, uh, that seems to be a professional, uh, each time she just like, it, 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 despite being, um, supposedly, I don't know, uh, a dangerous hitman, uh, gets easily defeated, um, damseled so that song can save her. Uh, and I guess after a net, like this happened twice now. So I, I it feels like they're just going to keep repeating it and eventually maybe, uh, she'll, start to become romantically interested in him because he keeps rescuing her even though yeah he's the reason that she's in danger in the first place and uh it really sucks because also it i don't know i at least thought it would be like two hitmen doing a romance thing even if there was no chemistry but um it appears that she just like i don't know isn't good at the whole hitman thing either so yeah it sounds like she's basically a plot device for this dude yep which sucks so all mm-hmm. right. Well, folks, good news is Spy Family will have an adaptation, an anime adaptation soon. So it's coming. Uh, we can enjoy some some hitman shenanigans that are a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. I, um, I will say one note on Akebi is it actually is getting better. Oh, is it? I, wait, you're not watching it, Peter? You're checked on this. Uh, I, I think I, I, I'm like up to three episodes. Maybe I should have deleted yeah, it. It, it, it. It is. I'm not saying that the sexualization issue is gone because okay. it's not completely gone has it gotten less thank god yes okay. it is a lot less and we're actually kind of getting into like the weirdness of being a junior high schooler which is what i really wanted versus the weirdness of a junior high school's wet socks mm-hmm. like we're getting we're getting it's getting good i don't know i feel like i just the monkey's paw just curled it's better than uh, it was Mercedes? Not without its imperfections, but it's better than it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will uh, check back in on it. Yeah. Or, I mean, only if you want to. (laughs) Um, The the fetishization of middle schoolers was definitely a big thing in the early episodes. So, like, I mean, you might just want to say no. It's okay, folks at home. You don't have to watch it. I am professionally tethered to it. Right. So, yeah, so like, I'm I'm glad the viewing experience has gotten better for you. I am too, because I was like waiting for the FBI to swoop in every episode because it was oh discomforting. God, that's really was, not good. It was discomforting, and I was mm-hmm. like, who? And apparently, it's worse than the manga. Mm-hmm. And I was so you know, don't ever localize that one, y'all. Yeah, 
So. And I remember going into the show, I, I definitely, I think I even mentioned it in chat. I was like, I, I read a couple chapters of the manga and it felt a little eerie. Uh, so uh, when that happened in the anime too, I wasn't, it, it didn't really blindside me. But maybe uh, as with the anime, apparently the manga got onto like actual content sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that reviewing it is not terribly <laughs> painful for you anymore. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and keep moving. Um, Mercedes, was there anything in particular you wanted to say about Slow Loop, or has it kind of stayed the course? It's pretty much stayed the course, but it's also a really good study in like grief. It's a really kind of actually sweet story about like grieving parents that oh, when you okay. lose them as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, it's also got lots of fish, lots of fish food. So if you are hungry for like Long John Silvers, just watch the family. <laughs> <laughs> just like watch this. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so so a nice a nice sort of um, like healing, like cute girls do things sort of anime. Cute girls do fishing. Cool. Yeah, I mean it, like, that is ain't no 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 problem with those. Existing, I mean like, so. and let me tell you, women don't fear them, and fish don't fear them either. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody fears these sweet girls. Um, so well, I'm glad good. you're having a nice time with that one. And it sounds like if anybody likes 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 an Isayashike, then Slow Loop would be maybe a good yeah. one for you to check it's out. Good, it's a good one. Um, okay, Peter, I I really wish Chiaki could have made this. There was a schedule. Yeah, same. That's why I'm here. Um, because we have a whole bunch of shows in this category that are uh, very much in her wheelhouse. Um, and none of us are especially well-equipped to talk about them in detail. But we're going to, you know... Uh, we're going to brush past them and do our best here. Mm -hmm. um, so Miss Kuroitsu from the Monster Development Department, which was the show that was basically about like the R&D department for a supervillain organization. Yeah. Um, I watched the first episode. It was okay. I felt like it needed a better director to really hit its comedic points. And the fact that I kept thinking about how much better it would be. And then also the stuff with uh, the wolf boy um, kind of put me off so i didn't go back to it but i didn't hate it um it sounds like it is continuing to be like problematic but also kind of funny how how are you liking that one i feel like the major problematic part is really the 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 wolf character besides that it's pretty tame mm -hmm. uh it might have been one joke about like getting genetic material i don't know i don't i, I don't know that was so quick and non-specific uh but uh I don't know. I, in general, I, I think it's it's pretty good. They've got some good jokes in there. I think they, they were going to make a Hydra monster, but they kept having budget cuts. So it was a girl with like nine snakes coming out of her, uh, and they had to reduce it down to just one. Uh, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Uh, they they made some sort of giant phoenix, and budget cuts caused it. It's basically like, a, it looks like a guy in a chicken suit that has a Saiyan scouter and it, just a gun. Yeah, it just has like a revolver. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, so a lot of it's just they design a monster, and then the thing that they get is uh, uh, somewhat disappointing. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of uh, just kind of like workday jokes, uh, except they're making foam rubber tokusatsu villains. So uh, that's kind of the, the the angle of humor, I guess. I really like the boss, who is, uh, you know, one of those like overlord tokusatsu characters. Um, but he is an amazingly good boss, uh, mm -hmm. really good at his job. Uh, takes uh, employee health very seriously, isn't willing to do extra work if it means his employees get the time off that they are uh, allowed via their employment contracts, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, the, they, they every once in a while they touch on the wolf character uh, in general. Uh, they have just sort of become a part of the department, uh, and they do, like, uh, some fan service jokes around the character, but... Um, I think even maybe the series is getting bored with the uh, the the specific angle of the character's origin being a source of humor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe they could just give them the body they want, and we yeah, can move yeah. on from there. That would be that would be swell. Uh, folks at home trying to explain this quickly would be difficult because anime sciencey magic. Um, but effectively, Wolf is a boy who got thrown into a I'm gonna in in quotes a girl's body due to like weird last minute changes to the character, to the monster design. Um, Wolf is very insistent as of the early episodes. I have no idea if this is changing um, that he is a boy and he is saving up his money to get his body to match his brain. 
Um, so there's a lot of like trans elements to this character that the series doesn't handle as sensitively as maybe it should. Hold up, um, hold up, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute. Uh-huh. You mean to tell me that this villain who has great health care insurance was like, no, but you can't trans, you can't have money to transition? Excuse me? Well, I think nice. they need to biologically generate a new, because uh, uh, it they're effectively like a werewolf monster. Oh, okay. So, uh, okay. yeah, I think. Uh, in addition to wanting to be a man, uh, I think he also wants to be a man werewolf that can fight uh, tokusatsu heroes. So I think there's an added element of, you know, so yeah. science and magic, <laughs> I don't know. Science yeah, yeah. And magic nonsense. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. I hope he gets what he wants. Yeah, same. I hope he gets what he wants. Mm-hmm. As did I, and I just wasn't sure if I wanted to keep watching it because there was a lot of like fan service around the character that I really didn't care for because it's very discomfort based and I'm not here for it. So oh, that was no. one of the reasons I tapped out after the first episode. But again, yeah. if it if it moves past that, I think the other elements of it were were. It was, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chicken's um, very good. Yeah, I've heard good things about some of the supporting cast. He's my favorite so. character. Yeah. Excellent. Big chicken. Yeah. Um, okay, the next one also has some uh, sort of trans metaphor vibes to it, which is life with an ordinary guy who reincarnated as a fantasy knockout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, once again, you're the only person on the call uh, watching this one. Uh, I guess, you know, touch on it as best you can. Uh, how's, how is it? I know oh, production value-wise, it's like really nice looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so unqualified. Um, I, I think Honestly, Jackie you brought up that. I'm that so unqualified. Yeah. Read the three episode review. <laughs> I yeah. think that's also fine. I don't. I don't think the issues with the show have really evolved since the three episode. Uh, uh-huh. I, I do think we had concerns that it had one single joke, um, and it kind of does. But also, I, I think they keep finding kind of new and fresh angles on it. Uh, so I've been very entertained by the show. Uh, mm-hmm. If you uh, can accept the premise, I think is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. We'll just direct folks to the three episode for that. If you, if you would like some more details about that, because Chiaki wrote it and she is much better, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> better able to handle that the conversation there. So um, next one is in the land of Lee Dale, which is, I believe another Isekai because we are flush with them at all times forever. Uh, Peter, sorry to make you monologue at us, but anything in particular you want to touch on there? Has it pretty much stayed the course? Uh, I think it, it stayed the course. I do want to mention that they introduce, uh, her children. I guess there was a system in the game where you could uh, give yourself NPC kids and, but the real people in this world. So she's got three kids, two elves and a dwarf somehow. I think the dwarf's adopted. Mm-hmm. He's the only responsible one. Um, but they're all very high-powered, important people. But they all of, uh, and I don't know if somebody said that they, they were sort of problematic. They're all very uh, affectionate toward their mother. Uh, the, the son is my favorite since he has a lot of magic and uh, uses it to make uh, shoujo flowers appear behind him, depending upon his moods. Hell yeah! And his tears turn into pearls upon his cheeks that fall to the ground. I, I love extra characters, so that's yeah. delightful. He's very extra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, so it sounds like if you were enjoying that from the beginning, um, probably kind of stayed the course. Yeah. Uh, nothing nothing new to really touch on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we need to talk about Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt, or can we can we skim past that one? Uh, I do think there's something to mention, uh, since I think we just... Uh, the, I read the first episode, and it was just kind of like, oh, this guy's an asshole, and uh, it's probably just going to be how smart and cool he is. Um, I, I think I should mention that uh, the creepy thing they did in the first episode where, like, the girl, he he asked the girl to meow for him to help him think, which, what? I don't know, they, they, they stopped doing that. It was kind of like, the whole series reminds me of Alderman, which also had this weird fan service in the first episode, then just kind of cut it out. Um, it seems like there's, like, a mutual attraction, uh, and the girl is also very proactive about it, uh, so I feel like there's more equity there rather than him just being a weirdo. Like, um, I think it's sort of implied that they they both like each other and might have gotten married except she's some sort of like uh widely discriminated against racial minority which oh, is pretty fraught God. on its own yeah yep. um but, love me some fantasy racism it's yeah, always yeah. handled so well so since he's a prince i don't think he can uh he's allowed to marry him even though they uh probably uh both love each other or something um the the main thrust of the story is uh, they've introduced this uh, like the imperial princess who apparently went to both of the uh, with both of them to military academy and they were like part of the same clique uh, and she uh, wants to take over the empire and become the empress and 
I think they made this bet back in school where he said, I'll help you if you can make me help you. Um, kind of like to challenge her. And uh, I think she kind of succeeds uh, in like politically forcing him into a position where he has to help her. Uh, and it seems like that, I, I don't know if the show's succeeding in making them seem like to be on equal intellectual ground, but I definitely think that's what it's trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about how much smarter he is than everyone else. And uh, I don't know if the main plot is basically going to become about her becoming the queen and him having to help her um, because of this bet, uh, which I think is is uh, a cooler plot than uh, we was sort of introduced in the first episode. It's definitely a more uh, unique premise than what it sounded like it was going to be from episode yeah. one. So, oh, you know, yes. mm-hmm. props, props if the series found, found a voice for itself. Um, mm-hmm. Good for it. Uh, okay. Um, next up, Mercedes, you're keeping up with Tribe Nine. I yeah. You you said that both with a mix of like surprise and resignation to the fact. That, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I, was, I actually, I'm like, I'm good for you. Like, I watched the first episode of it. I enjoyed it well enough, but it was one. It was kind of once again kind of like Kuroitsu. I kept thinking of a version of it that was better with different oh, people working no, on no, it, and so no. I kind of pulled away from it. But how is it? Are you enjoying it? Well, you wouldn't be wrong that there is a better version in all of our heads. Uh-huh. Um, this Tribe Nine is fascinating in the fact that, like, it goes between extremely, like, entertaining and flashy to about as exciting as a cup of hot water. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it, it. And I have to admit, it's hard not that I thought when I first started watching it, I was like, "Oh, I'm. It's going to be impossible for me not to compare this to Danganronpa because it's by." Um, Kodaka, the creator of Danganronpa, who also helmed Akudama Drive, who... And, and I should say, Tribe 9 is like a multimedia thing. It's supposed to be a mobile game. Oh, um, okay. So it's got a... That's, okay. Which, ex- that's which I, think, I think when you understand that, you understand a lot of its flaws. Yeah. Um, but, like, it has all of the flash, not the animation budget, but the colors mm-hmm. of, like, Akudama Drive, actually, mm-hmm. with none of the enjoyment. Like, mm-hmm. and that's actually what I kind of end up mentally keep comparing it to because they're both set in like two of Japan's largest areas, you know, Tokyo and Kansai. Akadama Drive is in Kansai. This is in Tokyo. And like the premise is cool. Um, like, you know, Tokyo is ruled by like these tribes, which we could have chosen a better word, mm-hmm. that like are essentially gangs that like play extreme baseball. And that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Baseball but, gangs. I love the premise. Like, baseball gangs I- playing, playing the most out there form of yeah. baseball you can like come up with and i was like yes go go hog right, wild right. go bonkers but with this can, can i like give like a buck wild spoiler from the fourth episode sure <laughs> they kill off one of the main characters wow you, okay try not going for it you do not expect this like he kamiya shun our silver hair discount nagito komaeda mm-hmm. like this child gets hit in like a fight in an XB fight in episode three and he sits down at the end of the episode and you're like okay like he's just you know he kind of he just left the hospital he's okay y'all he's dead oh shit <laughs> did he get that disaki postcard memory uh, moment sitting like, down like you the next episode opens and he's sitting down against a light pole and they're like we didn't know that shun was sick and i'm like sick he, <laughs> he was dying from anime cancer okay, and yeah. like and like from there this series just kind of goes downhill because his replacement is the kind of know-it-all character that nobody actually likes mm. um and the budget also seems to have gone with shun <laughs> like shun <laughs> died and shun pulled his check and all, and all the and yeah and the schedule also collapsed around yeah shun. it's it's just not good That's um too bad it's quickly devolving like this new character calls them all monkeys and y'all there is a darker brown-skinned Asian child that I was like he already like they already kind of drew him in a way that looks caricaturist and I was like oh now he's being called a monkey this is not good yeah it's it's very fraught it's not enjoyable there's one girl in this entire cast oh the manager right no no she she's the catcher right no yeah no Spoiler alert, she becomes the manager of the newly reformed team, though. Oh, fuck like, you, Tribe Nine. I, I was That was, like, it. one of my favorite things about the first episode. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool, the one girl is actually on the team. She's not just the manager. But yeah, she, yeah, like, she becomes the leader. Well, she's the leader, technically, so I get it. Yeah. But yeah, whatever, you know, it's it sucks. Mm-hmm. And it's, I gotta watch it, because I'm 
professionally tied it's, to it. It's another like, one you're reviewing for money, so you just kind of have to stick with it. Like, I'm sorry. And, uh, that's and, too bad. The first episode made me think it would at least be kind of, it would at least be fun, right? Yeah, um, and the only thing I'm clinging to right now is I don't think that Shun is actually dead. But, like, we're going to get to episode 12 and that child's going to be for sure 100% dead 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 mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna be disappointed in this series but it's i don't know if i could recommend someone to watch this because like your time on earth is finite yeah it sounds like it's life. pretty rough that's too don't, bad yeah don't use your 30 minutes your finite 30 minutes to watch this yeah, after akadama drive was so like immaculate too it's strange and, and akadama drive was great or and, or if you want to watch a yeah. if you want to watch a Buckwild baseball like episode um, BNA's got a great one. Dorodoro's got a great one. Pokemon's got a great one. There's so many good Buckwild baseball episodes out there for you. Just cobble them together. And like that's the shame because like I like I would like sports anime to take more risk and like uh-huh. in, into this direction. Not that they don't take risk, but like because I feel like someone out there was like Mercedes. <laughs> like, but like I would like them to take more risk in the direction of being more fantasy and like just outrageous. Oh yeah. Um, but like there is that element. But like you know like the most recent episode they did like a they had baseball bikers and the only thing that made me laugh was a character lit a baseball on fire and then had to juggle it because his hand was getting burned and i thought that was really funny because i was like oh that's quite realistic like (laughs) it just was like a very ugly muddy unfunny episode like they trick the baseballers with porn and oh the porn's a hot gorilla girl and i was like i don't know what this series has with monkeys and gorillas but it is very uncomfortable and slightly racialized Uh it just is not it just you know that sounds bad that is too bad it's a swing and a miss (laughs) yeah i feel that Okay, let's let's go ahead and keep going then. Um, I'm I'm sorry you're tethered to that one, but but good luck in the back half, That's and maybe okay. it'll be interesting for you. I'll survive. Uh, Peter, anything to note about Strongest Stage with the Weakest Crest? Um, yet another light novel isekai fantasy series on our docket this season. Um, I think the show got a lot better when they introduced uh, uh, the main character's dragon friend from his previous reincarnation. Uh, maybe friend is a strong word. Uh, Iris. She's basically uh, a dragon made character. Um, except not quite as funny, but she does a lot of heavy lifting, keeping the show entertaining. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to uh, to say Iris is good. Mm-hmm. So pretty much still kind of a neutral zone show, like nothing nothing to warn folks about, but also nothing like stand out about it to discuss either. Yeah, I can't really say it's done anything really bad. There's like an obvious MC romance. It doesn't seem like any of the other girls are particularly interested in him, so it's not like trying to build up to a harem thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other girls are just sort of hanging out and uh, yeah, being fine. friends, yeah, and yeah. having fun. All right, so mm-hmm. you know it exists. Good for it. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. I we're actually we're getting into shows. I I am watching. Uh, next one only has three episodes out because it dropped later in the season. Uh, that is Salaryman's Club, which yeah. is the badminton show about uh, grown ass adults working at an office who also play badminton in the mm-hmm. evenings. Um, I'm really enjoying this one. Peter, you're watching this as well. Yep. I didn't know this anime existed. Yeah, it, yeah, it dropped late like premiere. late January. Um, okay. I think what happened was into it. What it, uh, it uh, took World Trigger's uh, time slot, I think. So World Trigger had two episodes this year, and when it ended that, then Salary Man started. Oh, okay. So it yeah. was it had it had a few extra to get through and then Salary Man. Mm-hmm picked up after it yeah um yeah so i'm enjoying this one a lot this is basically everything i look for in a sports anime in terms of um well a male-led sports anime there are are there there's one woman in the office who seems fine um but there's it's not i mean it is, it is a show about a men's badminton team so all the characters are guys yeah. um i the dynamics between them are good. I think the character writing so far has been entertaining. Um, I'm not going to say it's like the deepest or more most unique thing in the world, but I enjoy hanging out with them every week. Uh, it looks really good. Like the badminton animation, especially in that first episode was like really yeah. impressive. Um, it's, it's a fun time. Like I, I feel like putting it in the neutral zone is extremely where it needs to be. Like there's nothing, there's nothing especially progressive about it, but also like, it's a good show. It's a good sports anime. And again, I love that it's grownups. It's adults. Yeah. <laughs> like the le- most recent episode, half of the episode was actually about like them working their day job because they had like a proposal that they needed to write. And the main guy doesn't really know how to be an office worker. So his the rest of the 
badminton team kind of like helped him figure out how to write a proposal and like talk up the good points versus the weaknesses they needed to cover to like get this new product out on the market. Cause they work for a soda company. Yeah. Um, and I thought that element of it was really fun too. Like I that was enjoyed... actually my favorite scene in the entire show yeah, so far. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't boring at all. Like it felt, it yeah. felt authentic to like what a, what a healthy office environment can feel like and like coming up with ideas and, and, you know, um, getting your getting your concept out there, and I yeah, it's it's good. It's it's a well written uh, sports show that also has that that sort of interesting element of like, and also here they are at work. So mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I I do have to say I was not expecting the show to like explain to viewers what a SWOT analysis is. Uh, yeah. yeah that was I thought it good. would explain yeah. badminton to me. I didn't know it'd be explaining. Um, proposals Cal- and uh, business, man. Yeah, analysis yeah. Stuff. yeah we're, we're we're getting two sides of the uh of the learn something new equation yeah. which is exciting I, I honestly hope it keeps that up actually because no, me too yeah I, I do think i i had never heard of this like uh work athletics program before but uh just the the cultural around that is probably one of the more interesting points for the series for me so yeah, I, that is I hope to learn point. more about that. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I said I said it necessarily wasn't doing anything super unique, but like that actually is pretty unique. Like we typically don't see, and we don't see a lot of sports anime about adults. Period. And we definitely yeah. don't see a lot of that are about more like, I guess, amateur league. Like it's a it's a corporate league that is apparently taken pretty seriously. But I mean, they're not you know playing in the Olympics or anything like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Chiaki mentioned it's pretty prevalent in Japan, but there's like I've never seen any media about it ever. So yeah, me neither. Crazy. Which is kind of surprising um but yeah so it's now that she's mentioned it it kind of actually is shocking Mm -hmm. yeah um so it's it's really cool to see i hope it does well um one of the characters is voiced by one of my all-time favorite voice actors miki shinichiro so i just am very always happy to hear him talking at me at any time any day Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's great um we don't have to sorry we don't have to spend too much more time on it but um i'm liking this one a lot three episodes in so i i did have one moment of disappointment where the main character heroically stopped a man from stealing yes thank you thank you i had that in my notes and then i forgot about it yeah in the second episode they stopped a shoplifter and it was like a dude stealing who was clearly yeah Yeah. he was stealing food from a grocery store i'm like guys that's not heroic if somebody's stealing food from a grocery store they need food yeah maybe they're hungry (laughs) why would somebody steal canned food yeah nobody steals food from a grocery store for the thrill of it Uh, um, so, I mean, D, don't you know that all crimes have to be punished equally? Yeah. <sighs> Even watching too much police in a pod. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm glad they didn't like wa- wax philosophic after that scene or anything. Because uh, no. if they'd gotten up their own ass about it, that would have been really intolerable. No, they really just moved on from it. Like he noticed the dude was shoplifting, stopped him, and it kind of got them back in the good graces of the grocery store owner because they'd screwed up earlier in the episode with him so and that was basically it like it wasn't like a oh you're such a hero it was just like oh cool thanks i guess and also <laughs> um, to show off that he has mind reading powers which is why he's good at <laughs> bad yeah. he can he's he's got he can predict via body language it's almost a magic power but not quite which i i love that stuff in sports anime so i have no mm-hmm. problem with it here yeah um but yeah no that scene made me uncomfy too because i'm like guys please Please, I hope I hope after this you helped him. I hope you fed this man because clearly he needs food. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but other than that, I think it's been a fun time. So, hey, that's uh, all we ask for yeah. a fun time. Exactly, Peter. Anything to say about Orient? Uh, I was actually kind of preparing to come in here, like saying it's like what do you what do you say good good, good graces or something like that. Uh, in episode three and four, they introduced Sugumi, who's the girl in their group in the opening. And her whole subplot is how they she like works at a or lives in a military or like a militarized town where the leader is kind of oh, I mean, not kind of a complete asshole. And he's like straight up gaslighting her. They have wow. very realistic scenes of him uh, like, you know, demeaning her and her like rationalizing his abuse and putting herself down because of the things he says, and I thought it was handled really well. The scenes are, like, hard to watch, and I think, like, they're supposed to be. Uh, It seemed like the author was really trying to sort of focus on this and the psychology of somebody who's put in that situation and kind of, like, begins to tear themselves down to, Mm -hmm. I guess, sort of like, uh, what am I trying to say, like, square away the things that they're hearing and the fact that they admire the person who's doing this to them. Um, And I thought it was handled really well. Uh, It ends with her pile driving him into a sidewalk 
Um, but even after that, uh, she ends up deciding to leave and follow with the main characters because continuing to be around that guy would be bad for her mental health. And she realizes mm-hmm. that and she's not sure if she would fall into the same bad habits of like listening to his verbal abuse again. And I, yes, I yeah. was like, wow, this seems like really well thought out and, yeah. and kind of realistic. Uh, unfortunately, the next episode, they have this thing where uh, when they're all on the road together, they're like trying to be friends and it reveals all their tragic backstories about how they're very bad at making friends with other people for various reasons. And they're all awkward mm-hmm. turtles. Um, but hers, she just apparently her older sister said, when in doubt, take your clothes off. So, uh, oh, damn it, anime. Yeah, she just takes her shirt off. All of them are talking about how awkward they are while she's literally not wearing a top. Uh, and, uh, then I was just kind of like, oh, maybe this show isn't good after all. Uh, yeah, that's not, that's <laughs> so, not good at all. That's yeah. Just- followed up very good with just the, the, the worst fucking scene ever. So I'm yeah. worried that she's just going to become a walking fan service joke now that her, uh, dramatic plot has been resolved, which sucks. That- ass fully sucks yeah. yeah damn it well keep me posted i guess mm-hmm. at the end of season but that doesn't because that was one that i was like oh maybe maybe i'll check it out maybe but mm, no i think i'm okay right now yeah There's i heard from nate that be watching like matchy really handled its its women well so i don't know if this is just the person i don't remember the author's name like phoning it in now that they've got a hugely successful title under their belt or something but yeah who knows uh, and maybe it'll yeah. go away and it will never be a thing again and it was like a one-off gag i who hope so knows? Uh, I hope yeah, it was just a lapse in judgment, a huge lapse in judgment. That's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we can move past it. Um, Mercedes, you are watching Q. Has it pretty I, much stayed the course? It stayed the course, but I think it's actually gotten better each week. Oh, okay. That's good. It's, it is a very grounded series. Like, there is mm-hmm. no, like, weird, you know, like, I think of a lot of idol and and i i say idol because q does eventually involve like the voice actresses getting into idol work some of them um or some of them considering it like i think shows like this in this genre of like idols and voice actors um often try and go for like a gimmick like i think of 22 7 wherein Mm -hmm. like the girls communicated via a wall (laughs) or like idly pride where there was a ghost (laughs) and Instead, Q has just decided to be incredibly grounded. Like, early on, the girls try out for an anime. Only three of them get roles. Mm-hmm. Like, and not even the main character. Like, three of them get them. And they're characters that you really haven't paid a lot of attention to, except for one of them. Um, you know, and, like, the rest, they just kind of have to lean into, like, getting better at voice acting. Um, it's really, It's really, really good. And I think it's one of those series that, like... I don't think it's necessarily going to be remembered. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's one of a kind, but it is one of a kind in the same way and kind of in the same breath because it's just so darn charming and it's so good mm-hmm. that I just really enjoy it. Good. I'm glad to hear like, that. It's um. it's, And the cool thing is, is that some of the voice actresses actually are new voice actresses. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. also a way to kind of um, promote some new talent, maybe. Yeah. So there's there's a bit of realism and kind of fourth wall breaking, um, but it's it's quite enjoyable. It's quite enjoyable. Yeah. Good. That that's good to hear. Yeah, I know the first episode like wasn't terrible, but wasn't like super standout. So yeah, it's definitely improved. Great. That is good to know. Um, okay, so we are heading into our uh, sort of higher tiered categories i'd say higher but like they you know things that have maybe some more progressive themes to them um entering it's complicated uh tokyo 24th word none of us are watching except rye who did want us to let everyone know that the show is really swinging for the fences in terms of having some conversations about like uh justice systems and law enforcement and socio-economic factors that influence those things and it kind of makes me feel like I should be watching the show. Um, I it, sounds like it's kind of, it sounds like it's kind of messy, but mm-hmm. it is it is trying to say a thing and do some mm-hmm. some like actual like progressive social issue engagement. So um, possibly worth checking out if you've been sleeping on it. Um, I can't speak to it in any sort of detail, so apologies if I've missed like a big downside to it. But um, I know Vry has mentioned it as being like something they are fascinated with even if um it's maybe not gonna stick the landing so Mm, worth keeping an eye on maybe something to check out if your watch list is looking thin this season uh next up is requiem of the rose king which i guess peter you're keeping up with this one as well yep okay 
Um, what are your thoughts? Because I wrote the three episode check in for it. So, um, I don't know if I have too many thoughts. Uh, it's been uh, kind of a. I I have enjoyed it up until now. I've got to say the mm-hmm. uh, the new revelation where, or I guess it's not really a revelation uh, where. Uh, oh my god, Richard's the main character, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, walks up to the door and overhears the only part of the conversation that he could possibly misconstrue. Yes, uh, that I, I man refusing to marry him, um, not but he assumes it's because she hates him. Um, yeah, and she's been manipulating him. When in fact, the reason she doesn't want to is because she does not want to manipulate him. That was so like uh, I don't know. I just got flashbacks to so many drawn out romant like romantic series that I mm-hmm. I'm I'm very nervous that <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be able to jive with whatever happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, overall, I think. I've been very interested to see like where the show is kind of going with all this while reenacting these uh, uh, very interesting part of history, sort of. Sort um, of. Yeah. It is it is unto history as, I mean, it's based on a Shakespeare play, which is based on history. So we're like two levels down and it is based on these things in the way that like Sayuki is based on Journey to the West, which is to say barely. <laughs> so oh it's really its own thing, but it is also like loosely following the War of the Roses. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that I think that's all I got. I hope I yeah. hope the the primary plot doesn't become the whole uh, uh, romantic misunderstanding thing. That'll, oof. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. sure that will just be one more element of angst for poor Richard. Got a lot. Um, there's just so many so many elements of angst in that boy's life. Oh, um, I do have to say, Baby Richard is very good, though. How do you mean? Uh, just like whenever they do baby Richard, it's just this very small, large headed creature with like, uh, hair covering one, one eye. I, uh, this, this is going to sound like an insult, but it kind of reminds me of like uh, one of the goth kids in South Park. Uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, they yeah, do yeah. draw, they, okay, I know what you mean. No, yeah, they do draw him very, the style feels very different from the rest of the show, but it, yeah, is, yeah. it is kind of adorable and charming. Like baby gremlin. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't have a ton more to say that I didn't say in my three episode review. It is, I, I wish the production was better. I wish mm-hmm. that they weren't barreling through 17 volume. I think it's 17 volumes, something like that. Jeez. Uh, trying to do that in like 26 episodes because you wow. can definitely tell there's, there's parts where when anytime it's allowed to breathe, it's really good. And anytime it's like, well, we just got to barrel through these plot points about the pol- the politicking that's happening. You're like, I am losing focus because it just feels like you're giving me a bullet point list at this point mm-hmm. um so it's it's very up and down um i mean same with like production wise like anytime it's allowed to breathe and like just do focus on like character interactions i think some of the aesthetic and style that it brings to it is very striking um and then other times it's like a still frame of richard on a horse and they can't even animate the horse's feet clopping in a loop and i'm like oh no this can't be good yeah. um and it is noticeably stiff um it's very compelling. It's uh, sort of problematic. There's a lot of evil, cackling women, except for Anne, who's not like other girls. Uh, put that in cap. <laughs> a good person. Um, like, I think Anne, I think Richard specifically said that in the last episode. You're not like other women. And yeah, I was I like, think, yeah. no! <laughs> Stop it, Requiem. Um, but it is, it, is, it is riding the line between, like, really between what what, between like a very sort of nuanced character study and just like trashy melodrama and so i do find it very compelling as vry has noted in the past um it's a hard one to recommend but give it a try and see how it works for you i guess um Mm -hmm. it's you know i i have a i have a fondness for like high drama so i'm i'm here for this one even if even if the adaptation is rough I think you saying that kind of explains a lot of my feelings toward it. Like it, it seems like it's been uh, like giving a lot of historical background very rapidly to set up like when Richard goes ape shit, I guess, yeah. uh, or something. And I've been wait like Richard has not gone ape shit yet, so it, a lot of it feels like set up still. I mean, he did have a stabbing party in episode two or three. I forget True. when that was. Um, just just went to town on that battlefield, just stabbing everybody. But uh, that's the other thing about the show that kind of irks me is like the boys get to go on a stabbing party to avenge their dad. But when the women decide to like try to avenge their husbands or fathers or whatever, it's like, Oh, you evil manipulative harpy. And I'm like, how dare you? They're doing the same thing. Everybody's everybody's, everybody is dead and they're angry about it. Um, So, you know, that's an, that's an element of, of, of annoyance to it. And I'm not even going to attempt to speak on the intersex gender elements of it um i would love a pitch from somebody so our pitches are currently open 
um, that would be terrific. But yeah. I'm not I'm not going to try to make any sort of broad statements about that at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it is it is compelling. We'll see we'll see where it goes. Um, speaking of shows, I don't think I can recommend. Uh, oh next, God! Next on the list is my dress up darling. <laughs> I. Uh, Y'all, I keep wanting to watch this, but I keep seeing the discourse, and I'm just like, I don't... It's Black History Month. I don't know if I can spare the energy. Has there been discourse? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think maybe a lot of the discourse I'm seeing is about manga and about what potentially will be covered in the anime. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, well, I'll tell you, I've dropped it. it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I know exactly why he dropped it. I've been looking I, at that note on the thing the entire podcast up until then. What? <laughs> What uh? What made you drop it? Well, the as of the recording of this podcast in the most recent episode, we were introduced. Well, I, I you know what? I should backtrack. This one has been on my. I haven't even officially had it on my Crunchyroll watch list. I have been keeping up with it, and every episode, it's like I might drop this. I might drop this. Um, because episode two, I really started to see the strings. It, episode two is like ninety percent fan service. A lot of it feels very contrived to me in terms of look at this oblivious girl who doesn't understand why it might be weird for this guy to measure her boobs and the in and the inseam of her thigh while she's wearing a bikini and anytime i i sorry i'm trying to get my thoughts in order here because i feel like there's because there has been a lot of discourse around this and i'm trying not to like misspeak mm-hmm. um there's a certain level of teenagers are thirsty and teenagers should have thirsty material for them and writing that line between that and like objectifying or fetishizing teenagers is a very very difficult thing to do um the fact that my dress up darling runs in a seinen so it is targeted at a higher age demographic than the characters who are 16 has been an issue for me pretty much since the beginning if it was in a shonen and it was and it was like etchy about these 16 year olds i'd be like okay well it's targeted at 16 year olds 16 year olds are horny fine and 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 to the show's credit again from this perspective it's all it's not like embarrassment based it's all pretty much like marion is cool with her body and like having her boobs you know out in a in a cute swimsuit or in the cosplay that she wants like it's it is very from again fictional characters can't have agency but from the perspective of that fictional world like marine is also having a fine time right like she is she is the one who wants to like wear these costumes and whatever so okay that's there um so if you have that targeted at that age group cool the fact that it's yeah. not is the first level of discomfort yeah, because um, Sanin shifts it a lot, and I don't think people realize Sanin is eighteen to forty. Yeah, it is. It is Sanin and Jose are like those are demo. Those those are magazines that are and like more and more the demographic along gender lines is becoming meaningless because a lot of girls read Shonen. A lot, there are boys right. who read Shoujo, um, right. and same with Sanin and Jose. Like, there's a lot. The gender lines are a lot fuzzier now than they used to be, um, but the age the age ranges are there. Like the idea is like, this is not necessarily material suitable for like minors. Um, so the fact that your characters are minors, that's a big side. I write from the start. Um, the character writing when it's not engaging in like, look at Myron's tits. Um, the character writing between her and Gojo has, has been good. Like I can see the strings of kind of the way she's being presented as like this, um, sort of fantasy figure for the, uh, reader to presumably kind of map some fantasies onto i can see that but at the same time there's been enough work done on making her a fully fleshed out individual and making him a fleshed out individual that okay i can work with it um but i've still i'm still writing that line the whole time then the most recent episode they introduced a character who is officially in her second year of high school um but is mistaken for an elementary schooler like pretty much from the word go um they make and then they make a point of pointing out that she has no body hair because gojo walks in on her coming out of a bath and she slips and he gets like a full-on view of everything oh no um and i was done i was done it it was gross and i was i was out i was just i i was like okay can i get through this and i wasn't like it lost all my goodwill immediately that's nasty and and that's a lot yeah Mm. not only and we one to two times a year somebody in the manga industry gets convicted of actual pedophilia seems like pretty much since we've started running this website um 
So like, it's a real world problem. This isn't just fiction. And I, I can't, I yeah. can't. So I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dress up darling. I'm out. No, but I, I think that's fair because I think like, I know, I know Twitter is not a nuanced place, <laughs> but I think I, I so often see like the conversation of like fiction doesn't affect reality and fiction does influence reality. And like the reality is, is that both are true. Like fiction is fiction, but fiction also is born out of the world around us. Like, I mean, my world around us does include like hot elves and dragons, but like the coding that we apply to characters into worlds is based on our worlds. And so like, when you have an instance like that, which that makes me so afraid to watch this anime, where like a character first is demeaned for having a petite body, which like, could it's 2022, could we retire that? There are people that have petite bodies that have full autonomy and that are should be treated with respect right like Mm -hmm. but the fact that like then she's just like i don't i don't even want to say it like the fact that everything you described happens is just like it's the the fetishization of children and it's it's not okay it's unnecessary it is gross and like it's not funny at base it's just not funny yeah it was just like so like wildly antithetical to a lot of the things that had happened before it too. Cause I mean, yeah. the, the show had a lot of fan service, but it was like Marin purposefully showing off her leg a little bit to kind of tease Gojo or because she thought he'd like it. Uh, yeah. Or it's from Gojo's uh, perspective and he's, you know, again, they're both 16 years old or whatever. And he's horny and he's like, Oh God, boobs. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of teenagers. Um, so there's, yeah. there was a certain element of it to be like, okay, well, this is not, without the with a, uh, outside the realm of possibility um for these two 16 year olds but yeah i just yeah, it was I, such I, a I it was such I a tropey like lowest common denominator fan service scene uh yeah. where like the girl is getting embarrassed uh gets walked in on while showering and yeah, uh, yeah they specifically say they they seen pictures of the girl in the previous episode i guess she's a famous cosplayer and specifically said i think she's a grade schooler or a middle schooler so yeah, you get they, that they context beforehand real. too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and then it's immediately followed up with her blackmailing Gojo, like threatening to. Base- oh right, false sexual assault charges. So yeah. I was fucking done. I forgot that came right after that. Yeah, no, oh, too much, no. too much. I'm out. Um, I it's it's a shame because I do think that I do think that a show about like cosplay and uh, the sort of um, some of the gender stuff it was doing with Gojo in terms of like, he wants to, you know, design clothing is, um, and kind of got mocked for it when he was younger. Like, I think Mm -hmm. some of that is great. Um, but if you're going to fetishize children along the way, you, you lost, you lose. Good day, sir. (laughs) Um, it just sounds like it's a shame that this is how the story has been structured. Yeah. Um, it really came out of left field. And you never know with stuff like this if it's if it's the author or if it's the editor saying, "Oh, we need to get this in there." But either way, somebody thought this should be in this story. Yeah, um, and, and 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 I and, and all of this, and I'll say because I like I was planning to watch this, but like this inclusive of like a lot of what I've seen about people worried coming up is like I guess at some point Marion like does a cosplay and changes her skin tone. Oh yeah, that's coming. Well, yeah, I don't we know if it'll be in the anime, that, but it definitely. We haven't hit that yeah. yet, and I won't like, hit it. So, and yeah. like y'all, that makes me anxious to watch this mm-hmm. in tandem with everything else. Yeah, that's a shame. I hear the character is a prisoner. It's like a, some sort of prison series too. Oh god! Yeah, not you know what MLK. MLK Jr. did not die <laughs> for this yeah. to happen. Like, I mean, it's oh, oh, okay. Not it's Black History Month. I got to take a breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, take a breath. We you don't have to watch it. You don't. I, you Nobody know what? Does. I, I can't recommend I it at this point. Um, I was finite I, minutes on Earth. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm tired of being angry. Did anybody, Peter? Did you want to say anything else about Dress Up Darling, or should I move on? Uh, I that might be it. I, yeah, I, at the very least, I, I remember thinking like, oh, I guess I can't safely recommend this show anymore uh, after that scene. But uh, yeah. yeah, very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure was. Uh, okay, so but we're heading into our um, final category, the feminist potential category. We will be starting with Sasaki and Miyano, which I'm the only person on. What, you guys? You guys? Wait. 
movies. Wait, wait. Saki and Miano is, I would say, the best show of the season that's not a yeah. sequel or a carryover. It's what, what, what terrific. Is it? It's a, so it's a, it is a slow burn rom-com oh. between uh, two, two lads, Sasaki and Miano. Um, oh. They uh, initially bond over, um, Miyano is big into BL manga and Sasaki kind of takes an interest in him and finds out and is like asking him kind of what manga he likes. And he's like, kind of explains to him. And so he's like, well, yeah, let me see what that reads like. And so he passes him a BL. And so then they bond over the fact that they both really enjoy reading BL, which folks at home, if you've not heard that term before, boys love BL. So stories about, uh, romantic stories about two boys, um, initially were targeted at women. So there's some stuff you can untangle there. Um, but within Sasaki and Miyano, like the two of them kind of bond over that. And then Sasaki realizes he is, uh, in love with Miyano. Um, there's a lot done. I've talked about this in the premiere review and then in the three episode, uh, where I touched on this as well. Um, there's a lot subtextually in this about how, like, you can use fiction to see yourself, even if you don't necessarily realize you're seeing yourself. Like, BL is very much an awakening for Sasaki of, like, oh, you can feel these feelings towards boys, and that is what I feel. Um, Miano is very much like, oh, I just enjoy it. I'm not like that. Like, he's kind of untangling some internalized um, homophobia. And then he has a revelation a few episodes in where he realizes he also has a crush on Sasaki. And he's like, but I had a crush on a girl in middle school, so I didn't think I liked boys. And he's like, How wait, does that work? wait, maybe I like both. And it's honestly, it's a very, it is oh. an extremely grounded series. It feels very authentic in the way it writes the characters, including their flaws. Like Miano has this issue where he'll kind of like map BL relationships onto real people, which is a thing teenagers do and shouldn't. And the show generally is like, dude, don't stop. Um, so it's aware of that. And, um, it is, it is, I would say probably the best directed and staged show. Um, that is again, not a sequel or a carryover this season. Um, just in terms of like a lot of the body language and a lot of the scenes that don't have a lot of, uh, that aren't, maybe don't have dialogue, but very beautifully convey like the longing between like when Sasaki's crushing on Miyano, but doesn't want him to know it. Um, it's really, really, really well done. Um, I haven't seen the latest episode, so hopefully as I'm saying this, it didn't just shoot itself in the foot. Um, But I've been, I've been really impressed with this one. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a lovely little, little slow burn romance. And I also think it's doing just terrific work across the board. Production. That's going to be a watch for me. That's going to be a watch for me for sure. No, check it out. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm really, really impressed with it and I hope it continues to, to kind of build, build their relationship and um, the characters around them and that, things go well and it doesn't it doesn't uh you know face plant because that's always a concern with romances but we'll see how it goes fingers crossed yeah so i love that one nice um okay we can move to uh the final show on the list we are of course running out of time but we'll we'll be fine uh sabi kui bisco which i am surprised this is another one i'm surprised more people on the team aren't watching because it's a romp i think it's a lot of fun yeah i'll tell you for me i wanted to hold off until the novel released after I heard that the first episode was kind of a little, like, kind of jumbly, I was like, well, let me read the novel, and then I can dive back into the good old Rust Eater Bisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, I liked the way the first episode, like, just chucked you in and kind of bounced between some plot points and just threw you into the world and said, good luck, because I like shows that do that, because then you figure stuff out as you go. Yeah. And with this one, I think it's done a good job of, of as you go, like, explaining the world to you in a way that's fairly natural and, you know, not okay. just, like, info dumping. Um, I don't mind being a little confused when I start a show, so that didn't bother me with Bisco at all. Um, it is wildly creative in a way that like you know we were talking earlier about anime like taking like creative risks in terms of just like going all out with the world um i love the confident weirdness of the universe that this show lives in um i really like the characters i i tagged it as feminist potential because of the sort of dystopian elements to it i don't think it's going to go hard on those i think it's mostly going to be kind of a road trip adventure story yeah Um, but it's Peter, I mean, you, you speak to it too because I've I've talked about it already a few times on the on the website. Um, I think it's a really fun road trip fantasy adventure story. How are how are you liking this one? Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, one episode behind, but the last episode uh, is like when uh, Bisco and uh, Panda go like start on their uh, journey together, and I thought they had like a really good back and forth. 
uh, really liked the guy trying to make it so that the crab would let him ride on its back. Uh, yeah. I really like the giant crab in general. <laughs> uh, the crab is wonderful. All the animals are terrific. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hippos, I, I don't, don't want to... I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's more animals in the most recent episode that also made me like clap my hands in delight. Okay, <laughs> um, I spend a lot of, I spend large portions of the show like, yes, yes, yes. And just clapping my hands like a child. Mm. Um, <laughs> it is. I also am. Um, the two main characters are boys and they've kind of got a bromance thing going. Um, yeah. You're welcome to ship them together. I don't know if the show will ever do anything with it, but like you definitely can. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed the way like the, um, Peter, you're not fully caught up. The most recent episode, like had a subplot about uh, Pau, who is Milo's uh, sister, the one who's sick. Yeah. Um, be, like, but she like kind of, she's, she's going after Milo because like, she's not just going to like let him wander off with this guy who she thinks is super dangerous. Um, and she's got her own storyline as well. And is, um, like within this story is like competent and capable and is learning things about the world and like just how corrupt the governor, I think he's the governor and Ichihama, the mayor, whatever his role, official role is the mobster, the, the mob who runs there, who runs their town. Yeah. Um, so they're doing some good stuff with her, um Tyrol is a disaster and i love her yeah uh, how do you are you enjoying did you enjoy Tyrol as well uh I, w- I was a bit concerned since like her uh running into them in the road she does the whole like seduction and then you gotta pay me uh kind of thing uh but uh, and i'm i'm hoping it seems like they're just gonna keep running into her over and over again and i hope she kind of like it falls into like a Faye valentine thing where she just ends up falling in with them and they can do cool hijinks together um, I did watch like half of the most recent episode, so I was happy to see Pau again. I didn't know if she was just going to disappear now that they left the town. I was really curious what the series was going to do with her in general. Yeah, um, me too. But I do like that in her pursuit of Bisco thinking that he has kidnapped her brother, mm-hmm. uh, she is uh, forced to be exposed to more of the world and discover that the uh, governor that she works for is a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. And she might be a bad <laughs> yeah. guy because she's a cop, which is great. Yeah, I I um I have been because that was my kind of my chief concern with the first episode was like, are the girls just going to kind of be like plot devices? Um, yeah. But I feel like they're giving them their own stories as well, like independent from the guys. So I really appreciate that. Um, even Tyrell's whole thing where she's like where they rescue her because she like accidentally poisons herself. Um, she has that moment where she's like, oh, you only rescued me because you want my body. But she's yeah. like here for it. And so and it's not like I don't know, it wasn't like overplayed one way or the other. I thought it was I thought it was amusing because then Milo's like, no, that's that's not what's happening here. And yeah. she's like, ah, OK, fine. Um, you well, were she had, she hadn't poisoned herself. I, I think it's important to say uh, the that like parasite in her was put in her by the governor, which he does to all of his men. That's right. If you don't take right. your medicine, then you get then you fucking die. And they don't yeah. know they have that thing that'll kill them inside of them yeah so, i mean it yeah. definitely yeah. it definitely has big broad like corrupt government yeah. um down with the system sort of dystopia vibes um, i was gonna say this sounds like mad max the anime oh yeah it's definitely it's very right. uh, one of the reasons that i thought it was so attractive in the beginning is because it's very like 90s core like trigon or desert punk it, it, mm-hmm. it desert really punk is, is a good yeah. way to word it yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like this anime makes me want to die Immortal on the Fury Road. (laughs) This sounds so good. Okay, yeah. It is. It really is a lot of fun, and it's it's one of those where like there's a lot of elements like climate apocalypse, and there's a plague that's like that is that is harming people. Where you're like, oh, this seems too real, but because it is so loaded with these fantasy adventure elements, like it's palatable while also hitting mm-hmm. i don't know it's, it's, it's hard to explain I'm, i feel like i'm not doing a, a good job of it but like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel too real like yeah. you're still having yeah. a good time while you're also like able to sort of resonate with like yes please please defeat <laughs> if only you could just defeat the plague that would be terrific mm-hmm. i like um, that i like that though obvious yeah. uh nasca inspirations in there too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. you can see that for sure also uh, d you had me at big crab yeah yeah Big the crab giant, guy. the giant crab friend. There's a, there's a giant crab. There's a, the, the lizard. What are they? The iguana cavalry, something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The hippo troops. It's yeah. It's, it's a good time. I would, mm-hmm. I would recommend it. There's really nothing that I can think of that like. I mean, Poe's outfit is silly. Like it's, it is, it's very, yeah. it's, it's a very cleavage heavy, heavy cat suit. But I think that's really the only thing I can think of where I'm like, you know, 
boob nonsense, basically. Um, but it's not like the camera is focused in on it, and she's a very capable, active woman. Stone so, cold whatever. badass. Yeah, she's a stone cold badass. Like I, fine, I'm over it. I can move past her her, her silly outfit. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But otherwise, there's really not a lot to warn folks about, and it's been a it's been entertaining. I'm I'm having a good time with it. So. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, check it out if you like a if you like a good fantasy adventure. Uh, good dynamic between the two leads too. So yeah, it's fun. I tell y'all, winter twenty two is just like full of a lot of ups and highs and lows and downs and. There have good been some good surprises and some bad surprises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's very true of it. It's kind of like the situation of the world right now. A lot of good surprises, a lot of bad surprises. <laughs> true story. Um, yeah, and we obviously we won't go into sequels and carryovers, folks at home, for this mid-season. We are at the hour, and we'll we'll try to talk about some of those. At, in fact, we definitely will talk about some of those at the retrospective because there's some very good stuff in that. We batch must, as well. yeah, yeah. Like we're gonna have to talk about sequels and carryovers at the end. Um, but for this one, we'll put a pin in that and we'll discuss it later. So, uh, anything else you guys wanted to touch on, or should I go ahead and play us out? I think we're good. Play us out. All right, let's do it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, tell your friends about us. And if you really liked what you heard, we'd love it if you'd head over to patreon.com backslash animefeminist and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Your support goes a long way towards making Anime Feminist happen, both in print and in your earbuds. And we uh, fairly recently added some new tiers. So we've got a $1, $3, or $5. There's some fun perks involved in all of them. Uh, You should go check that out. And hopefully you can join us at the $5 tier, where if you just love listening to us talk, you will get a bonus podcast every month. Um, We've got another one coming out probably about the same time this episode drops, actually. So you'll have that to look forward to as well. Uh, If you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, you can check us out at AnimeFeminist.com, on Tumblr at AnimeFeminist, on Twitter at AnimeFeminist. And we also have a cool merch store for the progressive geek on the go. That is AnimeFeminist.com backslash store. And uh, you can check out some cool merch from some indie artists who have made delightful products for us. So, uh, yeah, let, let, your, let your nerd flag fly. And that is our show. Um, let us know your favorite winter titles in the comments, Annie Fam, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>